but to connect. We connect with you, and you connect with we. Don't you see? I'm in outer space. You're in outer space. Look around. Look around. Look around. <laughs> that was my Avery Brooks impersonation. That was. I know you were you were kind of channeling a little bit of a, a little bit of Shatner there too, but you were getting a little, you know. What do they What do they say about him in the in the DS Nine doc? They said think of it like like a jazz musician. Think of him like yeah. a jazz musician. Yes, he just he's going. It's like stream of consciousness poetry, right? He's just going where it yes. takes. I miss that man. I I think. I, you know what? If if they brought him back, I would give Paramount Plus double my money. I hope they bring him back, and I hope they do what they did with um, with uh, Patrick Stewart and give him a bit of a say and control because I, he would b- make something wild. Yeah, I, I think gotta so. think he'd make something really wild. Yeah. Well, he, you know, when they did that Deep Space Nine episode called Far Beyond the Stars, that dealt with. 1953 i mean he was a he had a pretty he not only did he he directed it but he had a pretty i think he had a lot of say in the creative department of that of of that story so and that's one of the best episodes of the show yeah that's excellent they they need to do it he's not getting any younger but to connect is the mid-season finale of discovery and this mid-season finale was kind of sprung on us we didn't know there was going to be a mid-season finale until about i think a week before Mm. and i remember saying somewhere must have been on here how i kind of missed having mid-season finales because i like the the anticipation lucky for us it's not that long but yeah and it's nice to have a little break now that we it is. It is. It definitely is. And I use the time to catch up on uh, Star Trek Prodigy. I know you haven't seen the new episode, but so I won't um, say I won't divulge anything. I mean, if you want to say anything about what you know of it, that's cool. Um, I just heard it was a lot of buzz about it being a fantastic episode. It was. It was. And I, Maybe I know that we'll have to don't dedicate. A short episode. Well, I know, and you know, we 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 made a choice to not cover that show the same way we do the other shows. Mm. Um, but I have been watching it, and uh, we are going to follow up on this show at some point. Um, I just, I think, I think part of it is because this it's a show now seems to have such an erratic schedule. They're kind of using it as filler between all the other shows, and I and. You know, I have to say, I feel like you're correct. Where it just seems like it's less of a priority. It's like, oh, it's that. Just it put the okay, put it on the shelf. Now take it off the shelf when we need it, kind yes. of thing. So I it's, did predict that. that yeah, there and it's, was no way that they would let Prodigy impact the scheduling of any other show. Right. Prodigy would have to work around the other show, and it's or a shame. Just, they would just air it at the same time and ignore it completely. It's a shame too, because it's 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 quite one. It's quite wonderful. Um, I think it doesn't talk down to the audience. I think it's great for kids to watch it, but I don't, at the same time, when I watch it as an adult, I don't feel like this is too, like, I, I don't feel like I can't get into this because I'm not the, the target demographic. That's because great. it's a, it's a, it's a Star Trek show and it's, and, and very much like Lower Decks, it's in love with the, with the world that it takes place in. So, I think that yeah. the, the two animated series, 
so far. We'll, we'll see how Strange New Worlds plays out and even the upcoming seasons of Picard. But at this point, I think that the, the show, the animated Trek shows are the ones that really have been the ones that demonstrate how much they love the Star Trek universe. Yeah, I really hope that uh, Prodigy can be for Star Trek what Clone Wars was for Star Wars, where bringing a whole new generation. Yeah. Yeah. So, but also yeah. be important and you know, still worthy of being part of the big picture. And yeah, we again we will cover Prodigy in more detail at some point, but for now we have to cover the mid-season finale of Star Trek Discovery. But to connect. So, we don't have to, but we want to. But we will, and we want to. So, how are you feeling about it now that we're, uh, I think, what is it, six episodes, seven episodes now? I think, yeah, I believe it's seven episodes. So, um, did you like this one? Um, Somewhat liked it. I didn't love it. It, it had a lot of the things that I, I don't like to see. And I'm getting a little, you could say I'm getting hung up on them, or you could say that, like I often say, if the episode's good, I'm not picking at these little things. Yeah. And I think that it had some good ideas, but I don't think that it did all that much with them, Mm -hmm. I guess. It's funny, I was hoping that you were going to love it, because the entire episode was more or less done in a conference room both in in both in both plots by the way they it was like all conference room and all ethical debate the entire time yes and i like that aspect of it Hmm. but when i'm watching those and i'm thinking uh but why are they saying that or that doesn't make any sense or yeah that couldn't work. They you know, they seem to. Coming up. There are certain things they seem to say that, as if they're anticipating the audience questioning it, so they just sort of say it up front. So we so like so many times they were guilty of it last week, where they say nothing in the known universe can do that. Nothing can do that. And it's like yeah, nothing in the known universe why? can disappear and then reappear. Why? And but we've seen that. <laughs> We've seen that um, at least a couple of times. Yeah. In Star Trek. Yeah. So they're very matter of fact about a lot of things without providing that evidence. And nobody asks. It's sort of like, well, I'm the captain, so I guess I should just defer to you since you're science and I'm not. But tell me, why not? Because yeah, you well, essentially we, throw a theory out the window. But when we sitting there can say, well, no, I've seen that before in your universe. I mean, I can't right. say an exact reason. Right. But, and then it's so strange because a week or two before, they went through a whole list of, well, it could be, the, like, here's what it could be. And they list all these things that right. we know from, right. from Trek. So you're getting, so what you're saying is you're getting, you're getting really hung up on these smaller things. But it sounds like they're piling up because there's just, there's a lot of them. So the molehills are becoming mountain, are becoming a mountain because it's just so yes, many of them. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Where I'm into a debate, but then they just say something silly, and then and I it think, ruins the whole thing. Or yeah. So for example, um, uh, Stamets. Wait, I lost my thought. 
There was something about Stamets talking, like, I don't know. He just had this whole thing about the... I didn't realize he was so traumatized about control. It seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. He's like, no, but control. Yes. I'm afraid of AI because of control. It seemed to come out of nowhere for me. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I I don't know if I would call it him being traumatized, but I can see, like, I, I think, so let me just say this, because we're talking about the Zora plot, of course. Now Zora, mm-hmm. Zora is now a character we seem to have to worry about, right? Um, I'm glad that they are sort of sounding the alarm bells with Zora, but I still feel like you should have been doing this earlier. Like, it's great that you're doing it, but you should have been doing this earlier. Because now you're in danger. Now you've kind of put yourself in danger. When you could have, you could have maybe had this, been trying this a few episodes earlier, and we we wouldn't be in this situation. Because now she's yeah. sort of a right. They've known so, about her for a while. Right, right. Because you and I continually expressed <laughs> how even were we doing it last season too. I think so. I can't remember. Maybe toward the end of last season. Yes, we were because Zora. Yes, we actually we were because Zora came last season. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is not like when your car is making like a little squeak when you go over thirty five miles an hour and you're like, yes. I'll deal with it later. This is a much more significant. When Zora first appeared to Saru, he was confused and was like, "Hello," and that was that was in the episode. I forget the name of it. But that was in the episode when he tried to have that nice dinner with the crew. So, um, right. so this goes back as far as last season. But, and I thought to myself, why is nobody, why is nobody saying anything? Isn't don't they find this weird that suddenly the the computer is now is talking yeah. like this? Insignificant. Right. Right. It didn't. I was concerned. Calling an IT person. I was concerned why it wasn't a concern last season. <laughs> yeah. And then this just be- it began to grow and grow and grow. And like, it, it, it it's odd to me. It kind of, it, it sort of illustrates to me where the crew kind of places their priorities. <laughs> or the writers place their priorities. Or the priorities. writers place their priorities, right. But like, Zora was clearly going, you know, clearly goes back to last season. And we, we were getting, and they were, they were seeding it well, I thought. But as soon as the, as soon as Zora first presented herself and went like "Hello, Commander," and he went "Hello," it should have happened right then and there, because right, so the computers in Starfleet don't do that. Commander, really, uh, captain, right. and he was the captain at the time, and and yeah, he's more by the book, right? So, because you you know from experience, Saru, that Starfleet computers don't do that and yet right. you let uh, it kind like of a, the old school gps where then you could just change the voice right right so but i mean i i, I in some ways i feel like i'm getting into into semantics I, I do find the plot a little interesting but i agree um, so wait yeah. well let me just explain one of my so right off the bat yeah we were told before that the um tarka was building a replica of the DMA because if he could figure out the technology, then he could that could f- m- allow them to find out who 
species 10c is correct but now they just gave the sphere data some stuff and were like analyze this stuff and then tell us who it is and well then it did it, it was able to you it was able to use the sphere data the sphere data to come up with possible um locations as to where this came from Yes. So nothing was definitive. They just knew that, and it could be one of any of these hundred plus locations. But then it was definitive. Be, but yeah, because she was, she, I think was still running her calculations. Right. And said that she arrived at, at it, but she didn't want to hand it. She didn't want to hand it over because she was. No, feeling, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But it just, it sort of dropped the whole thing of creating a replica is going to lead us to figure out who it is, and also the whole thing of it being well, hard think, to figure out. And then it's like, no, no, we just tell the sphere data to figure it out well i think the the but i think the result of what they did is what they fed into the sphere data to, to the produce all of what of they that. did by going into it though right not by what he built it was one or the other yeah it was probably yeah, yeah. well yeah maybe this is a boring discussion yeah but <laughs> i see what you mean like it, it, it's almost as it, it you're saying it kind of felt like what they did kind of superseded what they had done previously and rendered it kind of pointless Yes, because now... Because it made it seem like it's easy to do. We could have just yeah, done Yeah, it's so that. easy to do. You just ask the sphere data, and then it figures it out, and all you have to do is wait a while. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is, his... But I, I wouldn't say that... But that wasn't the point of what he was doing, because he used that this week to show them this is what's at the center of the... This is what's at the center of the anomaly. What Zora was doing was triangulating where the anomaly may have originated from. So it's sort right. of like you have two different things going on. But what he said, what he told them was, if I can recreate the technology, we can figure out where they came from. Right. That's what he said. Right. He could have been lying because he just wanted the thing anyway. I mean, that's possible too. Right. Right. So he could go back to wherever he's from. But so I'm curious though. Now, what did you, up to this point, I mean, we've only seen him in two episodes. Um, how do you feel about him, especially with what he revealed in this, in this episode? Like he's trying to leave this this gap, this universe, and go into another one. Yeah, I, mean, I feel nothing about him. I don't really like the character. I mean, I get yeah the type that he's supposed to be right. And the thing I thought was most interesting was that he reminded me a bit of Stamets when we first met him in season one. Right sort of cocky and right. thinks everybody else is kind of stupid. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool for Stamets to be like meeting a Stamets. Right. Um, but I don't really care enough about him to care not anything at all about what he's doing. I only care about what he's doing because it involves, it's how book and the Mike book and Michael confrontation is going to come. Right. I mean, I, I think, Even if he was just somebody who wanted the technology for his own personal gain, you know, even if he just said, it's valuable technology, I want it, that would have been fine. Mm -hmm. I would have been okay with that. I, I think, think it would have been harder for Book. It would have given Book a reason not to work with him. Well, I mean, it could have been something like, you know, Book will split. But I think, because here's the thing. When, well, when, this allows Book to stay true and pure, right? Yeah. Well, now he's not helping him to get something that could be dangerous. He's just right. He's helping this guy get home, and he's going to get his revenge. I, I I also have a 
a bit of a theory about where this might go. Um, because when the two of them are having that conversation, when Taka is saying to Book, you know, he wants to go... Because Taka, to give a little bit of context, Taka was... I assume the other scientist he was talking about was uh, the one that Kenneth Mitchell played in the finale last season. I thought so too, but then yeah. I, I questioned it on the second viewing. Because I, I, I actually was... don't remember his name. And I don't even think he named him, actually. Um, no, he did not. But I think they were both imprisoned. Yeah, so they were under the emerald chain. And yeah. which again, as I think we were talking last time, we're learning more about the emerald chain after the fact, which Yeah. Okay. Kind of but I'm kind of a little disappointed at that. I would have rather just he had been a citizen of the emerald chain and was a scientist. Well, I think it's you know, I just to go off on a quick sidebar for a second, like I, I think it's because you know, you can you talk about the Emerald Chain as this oppressive sort of I don't know if you want to call it empire or something like that. But as you said many times last season, tell me, don't show me. Or sometimes show me, don't tell me, you know, depending show on your me. point of view, how you what you're talking about. But everything said about the Emerald Chain for the most part was just said in dialogue. And I as a viewer have not did not experience any of those things so it's hard for me to like I, I want to see those things but um, I, so it's hard for me to buy into his kind of personal like what's the word I'm thinking like his his his, his personal story and story his, or yeah just like his personal like, suffering like, his like his oh. suffering right I, I can't Right, but um, but where I where, where I'm going with this though is that when he was telling Book about wanting to go to a different parallel universe, where he said there's no burn, there's no th there was no war, there was no this, there was no that. I wondered, like, is it possible that Book can also may also say, "I want to go with you to this other universe because my world might exist there. My world was destroyed here." It may exist over there. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. So, so I see it. yeah, I mean, it's not going to be, you know, his family, of course, because it'll be a different version. But I, I yeah. wonder if what that's if something that's there, going to. You could kill the him that's there and then take his place. I'm just yeah, because if you, I don't know if you remember this from. Do you do you remember way way back in the first season when they were talking about? I remember there was a, there was a scene. It was right after they got back from the mirror universe. And it was Admiral Cornwell, Sarek, and they were talking about the Mirror Universe, and they were saying, you know, you need to classify this, you need to, because we don't want anybody to know that it exists, nobody should know that it exists, because if you, if, say you had, and I think they were speaking directly to the Klingon War on this, and Sarek was saying, if you lost somebody, but you know that another version of them exists in another universe you may try to go there or something. So what he was saying was it could be dangerous. Yeah, so I point. kind of maybe see a similar I could see that because otherwise I hope that's the case cuz I'd be that'd be satisfying for me. Otherwise it makes no sense why he has this story because Mm -hmm. As we said, one of the things we liked about this season in the beginning was that they weren't overcomplicating things by adding in all these elements. Right. If they add in this guy now who wants the power from the thing that's causing the DMA so he can go back to his universe and it doesn't tie <laughs> into one of the characters we already know, 
right. then that's just needlessly complicated. I think it would be right. Exactly. I think it would be very cool because that would be that kind of sets the stage, and it gives book more ammo to do what he needs to do, what he wants to do. It, it motivates him even more. And while he hasn't said this out loud, um, I think that if that's the direction they go in, not only tying it into... So in a way, it's almost like his personal story doesn't matter because all it's doing is sort of setting up, setting it up, setting the stage for book, right? Because if that's where it goes, that's fine. I don't care about his personal story. So you'd have that. But then also, I like the idea of tying it back to that theme when they came back from the mirror universe in season one. So I would find that to be very, very, very satisfying and very cool if they, if that's the direction they go in. And I hope they do. That could be nice. Then you can get the heartfelt goodbye to Michael. Yeah, because I think I like book, but I, yeah. I'm hesitant to say whether I think he's working as a character with Michael. I definitely think he works better than Ash Tyler. But I kind of feel like book has no has no function. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a thing in 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 I might get no, I think that's right. Marvel Comics, um I forget if it was about Superman and Lois or Peter and, and Mary Jane, but they like ma- they unmarried them. Yeah, and then the editor said something like, "No, our superheroes superheroes don't don't get married. They don't. They're not. They don't have marriages. They don't have families." And that was just kind of like it. And it's sort of the situation here. Like, that's not really an option to just keep him around as her husband. Hmm. So, you kind of got to do something. With well, but I think if if this is indeed book leaving, I think to your point, it makes sense because. It also ties back into previous captains in the franchise. I mean, there's a whole scene in Star Trek V where Kirk says, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but Kirk says other people, Bones says other people have other people have families, and he says other people, other people Bones, not us. And, um, like blood families. But then, if you think about the other captains, when you have Picard, um. You know, Cisco, Janeway. I would say Cisco probably is the one that the, the only one that had sort of an on-screen family. We saw his son. But he we saw also his took father. A strange route to captaincy. Right. But I would Cisco is the exception, mm-hmm. and actually Freeman as well. Um, but otherwise, we don't <laughs> real. On the whole, Trek captains we don't really see their families. Right. It's just and. I don't know what I, I don't know. I don't know if Archer had a family. I don't know if he was married. I don't know. You know, Janeway had some relationship no, in the beginning no. of the show, but I don't. I don't. He wasn't married, Archer. I mean, maybe um, later, but he wasn't married. I couldn't show. remember if he was like divorced. Maybe he was. Divorced. I don't. I don't recall what it was. But but I think there had been. A, I think there had been sort of an established rule in Trek lore back then to say you can't. Star Trek captains don't. Star Trek captains have to be flawless, sort of. But again, Cisco was sort of the the. And not have families, whatever. Cisco, I think, again, was the exception with Jake. And we saw his father multiple times on uh, Earth. We did see his wife in the pilot episode. Um, so this maybe Michael could be falling into the same sort of uh, tradition as other Trek, as most Trek captains have. It already doesn't make sense that her boyfriend lives on the ship and his ship stays on the ship. It, 
it's yeah it, it doesn't really make any sense i mean I, I i would say if there was no federation and discovery truly was on their own it would make more sense it would make way more sense because yeah, you're just, just doing whatever you can to stay alive right so now here's I, what i would like to see the best this would be my ultimate end here would be michael has to blow up his ship yeah that would be awesome. I don't think we're going to see it, but that would be great. Just to make that decision to kick, blow up his ship because he's doing something that's going to... I'm not going to put it past them, only because I actually did... For, I did not actually think that Michael was going to say anything in this episode when they took that vote. And then she actually oh, did yeah. speak up against him. Yeah. Because her emotions were clearly... I, I, I thought that her emotions were going were gonna to get the best of her. But yeah. I think, again, it ties back to what... President Eric and her talked about in the first episode. Yes, you've got to make the hard decisions. You've got to make the hard decisions. And, and the so, ultimate hard decision would be for her to say fire phasers. Right. Um, but, yep. Now see you, oh, as, and see, and I think as you and I, I love that you and I are having this conversation because I feel like this is a level of conversation we haven't really had in any previous seasons of Discovery. And while, you know, there's a long history of the show where you and I are getting irritated with it because we just feel like there's not enough they do or they don't consider things. I'm slowly, slowly gaining faith that just maybe oh, they yeah. will. I have faith that they will do these things. Maybe not exactly how we say, but we will not be, we may not be disappointed by what they do. Like it'll all sort of make sense in the end. Yes, I'm yeah. thinking that too. And one of the things that I have to give total credit call that for, cautious optimism, right? Yes. Yeah. And the characters are more consistent now in right. this season. We don't have yeah. a lot of that stuff where from episode to episode, their attitudes about big things are just changing for no reason. So that's no, nice we got that. We got that way too much last season. You know, it's funny. One of the things I read about last season, I actually always meant to bring this up, but I never did. They said one review said, um, Discovery is extremely consistent in its inconsistency. <laughs> I'm like, yes. that's a perfect way of describing it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. So yeah. So good for them. You know, we saw some arcs, and they were. I'll take Tilly for example. She started to question what her role was there. She then she explored some different options, and then right. she chose one of them that worked for her, and then she left. So that was a nice yeah. progression. Well, it's weird. Like what I'm seeing is you know with uh tilly being let go for a little while then um am i forgetting somebody from previous this season i don't think so right did somebody else leave george just george well no this season it was um, only tilly so far right yes oh uh well gray this is this episode well because well no i was leading up to that so but i couldn't remember if there was anything before that it seems to me and I could be wrong about this, but it seems to me that the show is kind of shedding its skin of some of these characters. So between like, so what I mean is like, so we have Tilly who's not with us. I'm sure she'll come back. I have no doubt about that. Adira and Gray at the end of this episode. Okay, I think Adira is going to come back, but Gray seems like, who knows? Yeah, Gray's and going it to seems, And it seems to him. me that maybe Book is going down that road as well. Yes. It's almost as if the show is shedding these characters that they don't really know what 
to do with. Now, you and I have said we like Tilly. We kind of were disappointed that she's not there because she was that perfect. For me, she's that perfect comic relief. Yes, and she's a core part of the crew. She is because she's been there since the beginning. Yes, as far as, you know, the, your core crew, like your Kirk and Spock and right. Bones. Right. I find that Discovery this season is, is again, I, and I could be, I could be completely wrong, but it's it just feels like that Discovery is really just shedding, getting rid of these people who aren't working very quickly to focus in on, on who's there and like really kind of keep the cast very, um, kind of the word I want to say is like narrow for some reason, but yeah, keep a narrow you're, focus you're just on setting it up for the end game. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if the other characters. Sort of Tilly. If the other characters didn't come back, I—I I mean, I wouldn't. It'd be—I'd be fine with that because if they, I want them to kind of focus in on who's there and who's been there. And one of my complaints about the show last season was I said, "There's just too many fucking characters on the show. There's way too many." So I like that we're kind of seeing some of them drop off a little, and sort of focus on who's there and we can utilize who's there, and really develop them. So, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's like the show saying, "Sorry, we know they didn't. We didn't. They don't. All right, they're not working. We know they don't work, so we're gonna give them a gracious. We kind of give them a gracious exit." But again, Tilly being the exception. Yeah, I don't have anything to say about <laughs> Zora. <laughs> I know it's a big part of the episode, but I'm looking. Well, I, I, I mean, but well, critically, do you have anything like what? What do you do? You have like criticisms? Do you have? Well, one thing I just thought was funny was that. Um, Kovic is also an AI expert. Yeah, Kovic. Kovic just, the, he fill him in whenever you need somebody that's, you know, the expert on something. Right. He's kind of Which the jack. He's, he's kind of the kind of jack of, of all trades. Yeah. 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 Well, you had said to me jokingly, um, because this plot has a lot of those like measure of a man overtones, right? And we've we've been down this road with Trek before, not only with Measure of Man, but they've done it on Voyager with the Doctor and stuff. Does artificial life have a place in Starfleet? Should it be considered actual? Should it be considered like a person? Should it be con- allowed to make its own decisions and that sort of stuff? So this this is definitely familiar territory. Agreed. You said to me, "You like what are we gonna what are we gonna get? Like are we gonna get like a would you say like the Measure, measure of, of a starship, starship or something like that?" And I swear to God, after you said that, I was on, like, a couple days later, I was on Instagram. And one thing that the Star Trek Instagram uh, profile does is they will make a post, say, and highlight a specific episode in the franchise. So, and they did that, and the way they do that is they'll say, like, you know, when so-and-so said this in this episode, in this newest episode of Discovery, it reminded reminded us of this episode. So they kind of had the same, and they, they did it with Measure of a Man as, as pertains to this episode. They, they, after this episode, they said, you know, what they were talking about, you know, does Zora have a place or whatever the hell it was exactly that they said, reminded us of this classic TNG episode, The Measure of a Man. And um, I, don't, I don't take that as hints as to what's to come, but I did think that that was kind of funny. Um, but the, the, the big thing about this plot, because I texted this to you after I watched the episode for the first time, is 
everyone's beginning everyone's starting to think about how this is going to how is this connecting to calypso oh. and i had a theory albeit a wild one but i had a theory on how i think this may play out um okay zora it's suggested multiple times in the episode that Zora should either be extracted from Discovery, could be extracted from Discovery. Zora even mentions, I want to leave Discovery. And manifest in some other form. Um, which she seems to be able to do. I mean, she was able to use programmable matter and create the, the kill switch. Mm-hmm. Then I saw them the scene where they were going through Zora's memories. And you saw Discovery going into the future. You saw, you know, the reason I point this out is because in Calypso, the Discovery that we see is the original, is Discovery in its original configuration before its upgrade. Because obviously that's, that's written long before this season. And I thought to myself, again, as wild as this is, but I can at least have some theory. I'm just glad I can do that. Does Zora end up leaving Discovery, but then sort of like manifest as the original Discovery at at some point. And that's how you sort of explain, you know, how... Because Zora does say, like, she enjoys being in in Discovery. So I do wonder, like, if that's... It'd be weird if Zora left Discovery and then just became another Discovery. But, I mean, that's... That's what I can think of it. I, it's it seems slightly harebrained, I think, but I can at least yeah piece yeah, I hadn't something about together. At all. And the reason why is and I sort of saw the extraction talk as just a step along this story of Zora. Yeah, because they would. In which so this is the thing that also I found interesting. This was. Very different from Measure of a Man in one way because they seem to have already come a long way on AI life. Right. Because it was never that they never really were going to kill um, Zora. It was just if we can't have you on the ship, we're going to extract you and give you a different way to like to live. Right. Um, and I think once it was decided that Zora could stay and become a full crew member and be part of the chain of command. And I think the whole extraction um, idea was over. Was over at that point, yeah. 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 I could see that. But it was neat that they've come a long way in, in that sense. Even when she had suggested the button where they could essentially kill her, um, they pretty quickly said that that was not appropriate. Right. I I don't trust this... Well, I don't trust her, and I don't think I'm meant to, because everything in that everything in that plot is being done on faith, on. Well, does this kill switch work? Work? I don't know. Let's try. Did they look at it and say it would work. Yeah, but, I mean, my point is, Zora, made it very easily. You know, couldn't she? easily just make one that doesn't work or like I don't know like nothing I guess what I'm saying is like I was not convinced I was kind of Stamets I was not convinced that were you by the end no I still I'm suspect 
I'm still I'm still suspect. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's been clearly resolved. I don't, I don't feel like this is a I don't feel like this is a hurdle we're over yet. Do you but do you think it's going to be to, Zora has nefarious intent? I don't know. I'm I'm very on the fence about that. I don't know because because when Stamets said Zora could get mad and you know throw us out the airlock or something like that, I thought to myself, I I kind of always had those thoughts because I thought is is Zora always listening to everything that's going on? Right? Yeah, it, it, it was a very 2001 like scene when um. They were trying to go to a place that uh, Zora could not hear them. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of 2001, where they have to go into the, um, I think the, the shuttle, and whisper. Right. So, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced yet. I, I, I don't know if it's nefarious. Is that what you said? Yes. I don't know if it's nefarious just yet, but I, I just don't feel like it's. I don't think we've seen the end of it just yet. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I'm 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 with Stamets. I'm at least for a little while. Like I'm I'm Stamets in this situation. I don't I don't I don't trust it right now. Interesting. Yeah. I I had, didn't have I don't have that thought at all. I completely trust Zora. I I think that potentially there could be a situation where I don't think it's because Zora will intentionally do anything wrong. I think it mm -hmm. might be there still could be some drama around it. Yeah. But I think her days of you know, pulling a howl and saying, uh, I can't do that. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. Michael. <laughs> I can't do that. I don't think that's gonna happen again. Yeah. I don't know. Cause I think that right, so we know this is just show very much the the writers are very much uh, big on uh, emotional connections. Yes. And I think that when Zora played the little Too movie much. about being Zora, yep. I think that that was showed that, oh, the ship cares about us as much as we care about each other, so she's one of us. That's what I thought. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, um, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm suspect. Yeah. Um. The so the last plot of the episode is really um, just the Federation Council or the Assembly, the meeting, four quadrant meeting as it's called, meeting to discuss how do we want to approach going after the DMA. Now, I was actually fully expecting because this is discovery we're dealing. We're talking about here yeah, was them to go after it like with. I'm expecting. A, I was. Expect, I was expecting like a war to begin building up, like act, you know, but none, not at all. Um, yes, that's what I did like most episode. No fighting, no explosions, talking. nothing. Yes, nothing. That was nice. Yeah. Um, it was very funny when the president said uh, <laughs> this was definitely a real world nod. When the president said, "We want to welcome everyone in person and remote." Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's terminology um, that certainly I've never heard in Star Trek before. But one thing they covered, which I think, which you and I had been discussing, um, was the inclusion of Earth in the Federation. Mm -hmm. So that came up finally. You and I had said that it's it's curious how that hasn't been brought up yet about 
Earth coming back into the Federation? Because you and I have always viewed that as sort of being the ultimate sort of uh, success for the Federation, to get Earth back back in the totally. Federation. But the thing I've realized is kind of neat is that having Earth not in it is kind of cool, actually. It is. Earth was very much the center of it in all the past. It was. Star Trek. It was. They didn't necessarily have humans as the president, but, you know, it was based on Earth and Starfleet Academy. It was, yeah, I mean, I think they, you know, it's it's been talked about in the past how, very, uh, in past Trek, how, what a mirror that is for the real world and that when you look at the Federation versus the real world, like or like United parallel States. with the real world, the Federation is the United States. Uh, I think the Earth Klingon. Is the United States. I think, Earth is the United States. Yes, yes, yeah. That's what I mean. Earth is the United States, and then you have like, you know, I've, I've seen various things, but like you know, the Klingons or the Romulans were like you know communist China, and at one point the Klingons were like Russia, yeah. like the Soviet Union, right? So, um, yeah. So the and then with the, as the times change, I mean, it's international, but it's really just what the U.S. wants. Right, right. So I think not having it on Earth this way sheds that kind of preconception that you know it's not always it's not always just about Earth. So I kind of, in yeah. your in your case, I, I think it's refreshing to not have. I mean, let's put it this way: even if Earth was comes back as a founding member, that's fine. But I think if if you know, taking Federation, because if you think about this, right, Earth was a founding member of the Federation, as was Vulcan, as was Andoria, and as was um, uh, Tellarite. And yet, Federation headquarters are on Earth. Right? Yes. So, now I don't know the, the, the decision process there. You know, is there, a Federation, is there a Federation headquarters on Vulcan? I don't know. Maybe there is. I don't know. But it seems to me that all Federation HQ, like like Earth is the Washington D.C. of the United Federation of Planets, like is the is the of, of the U.S. of the Federation government, right? Um, so even if you just kept Federation headquarters out in space in a more centralized location, that I mean, that's I think that's cool. That's yeah, I think it's but, great. And yeah. another interesting thing is that it. it I didn't think about it before. There's a fair number of humans involved in the Federation. And right. It just has the total um, expansion of humans beyond Earth. Obviously, right. we've seen that a lot in Star Trek, but never to the extent that we're seeing it now. You know, there'd be like mining outposts where they would be right. staffed by humans or things like that. But I don't think yeah. full, just, you know, they're all humans are all over the place. I think. Um... I think the seed has been planted. I think that I, I, I can't believe that they would not eventually bring Earth back in, um, though. I would, but in some ways, I would almost applaud the decision not to do it, because that's a that's a you know that's a ballsy decision because Earth's always been Earth's always been part of the Federation. Earth Earth has been the Federation. And I think that if they never did it, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think it really adds anything. Well, honestly, the DMA could swallow Earth up. I mean, it, it well, randomly appears other places. You and I have talked about how 
you and I have talked about how Trek likes to play it safe a lot, right? I think the the craziest move they ever did was just to destroy Vulcan. Granted, it was in a parallel universe, but that it was like, oh my god, we Vulcan, right? Um, whenever Earth is at risk of being destroyed throughout Star Trek, it never happens. And I said, you know, I maybe they should do that sometime. Or something of that scale to kind of, right? So, um, I mean, this isn't like destroying Earth, but I mean, if they did decide, you know what? I don't think we're going to do that. Maybe just, let's just kind of let Earth be its own thing. Like, that's... Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so they, it mentions Earth is with Titan, so they become more inclusive. Did you think Titan, that means the moon of... Is it Jupiter? That's from the people of uh, Saturn, I think. That's from the... Um, oh, yeah, that's... Okay. That's yeah. from that's the people of Earth situation that we saw last season. Yeah, so they oh, picked, nice. up, so they picked up on that thread. They have reunited. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, so at this meeting, I think some inf- some information comes out that is interesting slash I don't know what to make of it. So they say that the DMA be- the the DMA came from beyond the edge of the galaxy. Yes, the galactic. Yeah, is this when are we learning this just now? I believe so. I believe okay. so. Because weren't you saying that? Seems that- like- it was dropped like information that everybody knew, but it was a surprise to me. Well, because didn't you say, and I don't know if this is, I don't know if I'm, um, uh, you know, rushing you or anything like that, but didn't you say that you saw somewhere that somebody thought Gary Mitchell was related to all of this? I did see that somewhere, yeah. Yeah, so I, don't know if you, I don't know if you were building to that, but yeah, yeah. No, not at all. I'm just saying that. This felt to me like one of those moments of dropping information that seemed really important. I have no idea where it came from. Well, I, they mentioned that, and I, they mentioned the galactic. I think if they said the galactic, I forget exactly what they said, but it's whatever they said in Where No Man Has Gone Before, the second pilot of the original series. So there's a little bit yeah. of a connection galactic there. Galactic barrier. The galactic barrier, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, okay, so That's whatever. one bit of information. Yeah. I think the other bit of information is when the doctor, Tarkas, talking, and he says, um, you fired... What does he say? You fired a bunch of missiles at it. You know, you tried to blow it up with all these explosives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, we're here. We're we're being told about a lot of stuff. We're not seeing it. Right. I don't know if that's stuff I really needed to see. But maybe if it was like... Maybe a montage demonstration of like... I don't know. You know, it's kind of like... That reminded me of... Remember in the motion picture? When, at the beginning, before V'ger makes it to earth you see mm. like these various encounters with the cloud yeah, and what happens yeah. right maybe if it had been something like that it's just sort of like maybe it's like something that just sort of happens in the background they just cut to it yeah you like know? you said like we got yeah. the initial we were very impressed that they were showing us its power and then we right. really haven't seen it since then and even stamets right. had a line and he said but the dma is still out there and it keeps moving and i'm thinking it does we well, haven't right. heard anything you, we, we, yeah, we have talked about this because it's a threat. It destroyed Book's homeworld, but it's still, but it's right now, it's still a threat. In di- it's a threat in dialogue. Yeah. I needed to do. I mean, it swallowed up the colony, the prison colony. But really, who cares? Yeah. So like I said, they got it, everybody it, it, off. It destroyed a planet in an asteroid so far. Yeah, and they got those people off except for that one guy. Yeah. Yeah. So it needs to. It needs to do something else. To kind of bring in 
to bring it because I think I kind of feel like all those Federation members were probably you know could have been saying, well, it hasn't done anything to me yet, so I mean, I don't I don't care what we do, like let's just take care of this. But it hasn't, like something needs to happen to one of them, because Book is not a member of the Federation, right? And I'm not right. saying that his planet's destruction is not important. Not even, yeah. Right. But what if it destroy again? I've said this in the past. Like it needs to destroy something else that we as Trek fans have a relationship with. What if it destroyed Cardassia, the president's homeworld? What oh, if it yeah. destroyed, like, one of her ancestral homeworlds? Like, what if it destroyed, I don't know, Bajor or, I don't know, just something to yeah. up those stakes, say, you know, and feel like there's some impending threat? Because I don't feel an impending threat right now. Because I haven't no, seen this do anything else. Not at all. And even, it would have made sense, too, to just to see, like, here are the efforts that the Federation has been taking to try to destroy it. We're going to shoot missiles at it and let's see that mm -hmm. fail. We saw them go inside and that fail, but we could have seen some more of that. Um, yeah. Now, the end of the interesting thing, so they're going to use a cascading explosion subspace burst. Mm -hmm. And they're like, this is so powerful and it's, and it's you know, so powerful. It's going to destroy the universe and all that. But then the guy's like, this subspace burst is going to separate it from its power supply. Yeah. And I'm just... I, by my mind, I'm just thinking, so this explosion is powerful enough to maybe cause a chain reaction to destroy the universe, but yet when you blow this thing up, it's just going to unplug the battery. Yes, that one little, that piece of technology will somehow <laughs> survive all of that. Yes, I mean, but it, it's just silly. It's silly, but I, I gotta tell you, I don't care. I, don't care. I care, just don't make, it, don't I, I make don't, it silly. I don't care that much. It, it's silly, but it's not... It, Very silly. It's not, I'm not taking it any less serious. I mean, if that had been, that would have just been one more thing to lobby at the show if they had said that last season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just, it's just more of, um, why the whole thing with the Tarka is kind of a little. Well, I think it speaks dash. to, I think it speaks to what I've been saying about the season. Like, they've made great, they've taken giant steps. They still have to do a little bit. Of, they got to do a little bit of extra polishing here and there. But nevertheless, they've. St so I'm, I'm willing to be happy about like okay, you've made because in the grander scheme of things, they've taken again. They've taken giant steps toward doing good episodes, and so these little things. I'm like, well, they're still annoying. It's like just remember you got to fix those things too, guys. Like you got to, you know. Yeah. You, and you, it's just when they make the mistakes, it's this, of the same type that uh, right. I've always seen. You 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 know you 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 dropped a you're in the supermarket and you dropped a bunch of you dropped a you know jar of ragu sauce on the floor and you forgot to pick up a few little shards of glass when you were cleaning it up. There's just a few more on the floor you got to get. But here's the biggest thing that I think is here. So they keep talking about making war against Ten C mm -hmm. or making first contact. Right. That's kind of the. The options that are on the table. When you said ten, I thought you said tendy. <laughs> I was like tendy. Tendy doesn't deserve to be gone to no. war. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, but I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. It's not. sorry. Hold on. It's species ten okay. C. Is there a species ten D? Right. And what was species nine? No, no. T get it. Tendy. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I totally threw you off track. Um, I apologize. So the, it's like it's a it's a dichotomy. Either we're going to make first contact or we're going to go to war. We're going to destroy the DMA and go to war with them. Right? Right. Why can't you destroy the DMA and make first contact? It's a little machine. It's not going to kill anybody. You don't have to go to war to destroy well, because, the thing that's destroying the Earth. 
I mean, destroying the galaxy. I think it's because it's not known. It's not known if this is... If it's sort of... The threat that it poses is intentional. Right, but it's just a box. You can blow it up and then go talk to them. And be like, hey, guys, we blew up your thing because it was because killing it's, a Because bunch the of people. thing that they want... Because when they want to do that, it's going to cause all this damage to subspace. The type of weapon they're using, they'd be using to destroy it, was the oh, weapon... Oh, no, I get that. Yeah. I get that. I'm just saying... It seems like the options are either destroy it or make either destroy it and go to war or make first contact. But it seems like if you could figure out a way to destroy it or turn it off, you could you don't have to then go to war. But there should have been presented an option. As, there should have been an option like is there a way to disarm it? Rather yes. than just yeah, rather than just blowing it up. Right? Because if you think yeah, about so it, the only, the only options seem to be, yeah, that. And they what, don't need to be tied together. If what you happens? found another way to blow it up. Yeah, like you know, you a, can blow up someone's thing. Does a that doesn't mean you have to go to war. Does a bomb squad go to? Does they just say, "Okay, everybody, out, okay, now blow up the bomb," or do they? No, they go in and they try to disarm it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it just seemed like they're they're debating this thing, which I think that was good. But of just the whole time, I'm thinking, but what about this third option that no one's talking about? Disarming it. It's always yeah. If you blow, if you destroy it, we're going to war. Now see, and that doesn't make any sense to me. You know what they need for this is they need Lieutenant Malcolm Reed because he could disarm anything. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Why not I, I, I get it, but I, 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 yeah, I understand that. That have they tried to transport it away? No, nothing know. worked when they were inside. They didn't run through all the options like they did with everything else, but um, yeah, I, I, but I agree. But I think. I think it's good that we're having this conversation because we're we're completely debating the, the the content of an episode rather than just oh it's poorly written, this fucking sucks, right? So I'm just happy yeah. that we're having this discussion. So yeah, I wish they had written that where someone at least at least it wasn't just only those two options, or at least they somehow made that make sense to me. If somebody came forth with a third option to say, yeah, yeah, like it, it just seems like it's one of those questions. Where you know, um, this might be a dumb question, but <laughs> right, if we blow it up, can't we blow it up and then not go to war with the people? We don't have to, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they'll be really mad and then they'll go to war with you, but you know, what are you gonna do? You can't, you can't control that. Well, I, I, I want there to be first contact, and I'm glad that they voted for that because I want to see. Who's responsible? Who's behind all of this? And I want them to make a proper first contact. Like I want to see. I want to see that shit. Yeah. Yeah. They might all be dead. They could have started this thing a bajillion years ago. Hmm. Yeah. What do we know about the galactic barrier and what's beyond it? By the way. Uh, I don't. I I, I don't know. Can't really okay. say off the top of my head. I'd have to look, but. Um. I mean, it was they went there in Star Trek Five. They went in there when no, they went there when no man has gone before. That's where but it's God. It's not a place that they know much about. It's not the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but as the episode ends, of course, Book and Tarka decide to just take off with the next generation spore drive, and then um, which he oh yeah. So we have to correct something from last week. Last week we thought. I made the criticism that how did this guy just make a next gener- make a spore drive the mm. size of a toaster oven, but he actually stole it from the Federation. Right. 
So that made a lot more sense. Yeah, because the pre- the the Federation president did say in the be- in the beginning of the season, they that was one of the things that she said. They were looking to create another a next generation spore drive. So I didn't know they actually had it, but okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, they have it. That's okay. That's yeah, all right. Actually, that reminds me of one other thing that one other critique of something that made no sense is that Kovic said that if Stamets didn't. Uh, except Zora, he was going to transfer him off of Discovery, which would have left no one to operate the spore drive except Book, who's not a member of the Federation. Right. That seems like a big oversight. It, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, the episode ends with them the with them taking off, and that's, that's you know, that is the cliffhanger. So... Yes. Now, wait, but here's something I love. You had Stamets giving this talk at the end. Yep. And it was cutting between the four-quadrant meeting and the um, through COVID, Zora, and that whole discussion. And it was pointing out the parallels between this new form of life, 10C, and this new form of life, Zora. Yep. And that worked... Very, very well. Yep. And I've got to believe that that could only have come from the pen or the typing of one Terry Hughes Burton, who... Oh, yes, who we forgot to mention. We forgot to mention. Yeah, Terry Hughes Burton, the writer who uh, wrote Choose to Live, and as we loved so much, themes all tied together because that was a moment of the themes tying together where both stories the parallels were pointed out and it was even edited between them and i thought this must have been written this way because the writing Mm -hmm. is so perfect for it that was found this in the editing so that wasn't somewhat yeah that definitely wasn't something i mean they don't make up the editing as they go i mean they definitely storyboard those things out yeah but um i don't believe that that's as a video editor myself i can usually tell when something is kind of discovered throughout the editing, or that or something was actually planned a certain way, and yes. I could tell from watching this that they did, the editor was like, "Hey, I have a really cool way of editing this, right?" Yeah, it was too um, perfect. Because don't forget, you also need to save time, so um, to get the episode to be a certain duration, or within a certain window of a duration. So to have those two scenes play back to back like that would have just made it the episode longer. And so being able to kind of splice in between. Both of them, both scenes like that, saves you time. Mm. Yeah, mm. but even, but now that's more of a technical aspect, but artistically, yes. Yeah, well, I, very, yeah. very well done. Tied everything together. Yeah. Very impressed. Well, and that's, I think, aside from maybe two episodes this season, that seems to have been where they've struck. With the yes, way they actually laid. having the stories have something to do with each other, not just right. Be the same theme, on. the same theme is used throughout the multiple stories being told in one episode. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, so I, I was gonna, so I wanted to ask you now, given that we have a couple of weeks break until the show comes back, we're now at the mid-season point, and I know we always do a season wrap-up. Um, we've never done a mid-season wrap-up before because we weren't doing the we weren't doing like a season wrap-up back when season one happened because season one was the last time we had a mid-season wrap-up so our mid-season uh, uh, finale so I mean we I mean we, and we've 
and we have as much as said it already, I think, but given that we're halfway into the season, how are you feeling about the show? I'm feeling pretty good about this season, definitely. I'm definitely much more invested in the story than any season since the first. Um, and I am much more hopeful that I expect the episodes are going to be okay. Instead yep. of dreading Instead what of dreading, kind of yeah. nonsense yeah. will be put on the screen this week, uh, you know, I look forward to them. Yeah, I think, as I have said earlier and even in the weeks before, I think the show has made some absolutely, taken some huge steps, giant steps, this season. Um, over last season. And even oh God, yes. the last half of the season before that. Um, it's It was weird because you and I were, I wouldn't say we were like, not looking forward to it. I think we were sort of clenching our teeth. Like, I'm oh my god. i it. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought about telling you, like, let's just do the other Shrek shows on the podcast. Because you and I had said, now we... I'm not going to rehash. We just, we complain a lot. We've complained a lot yes. about the third season and the second season. And we said, we said to ourselves, we said to each other, we don't, if, if season four continues this way, we really don't want to just sit here and complain week after week. It's yeah, just, it's, it's not that be, fun. It's not that it's going to be. It's exhausting for us to to do that, yes. and it's also it's exhausting. Who listens to a podcast that, where people just hate on shit? I mean, I'm sure some exist. I have no doubt about that, but like, it's not fun to do. I because it's you know Star Trek is I, Star Trek. I love Star Trek, and I don't I don't want to sit there and just continually complain about it. I was genuinely afraid that that's what was going to happen with this coming season. And you and I were kind of, I would say we were a little confused because it seemed like they were just instantaneously able to make it better. It wasn't like a gradual kind of building. It was like, it's like suddenly it's like, it's like they suddenly realized how to, how to write an episode. Right. And it didn't make sense because it wasn't as if there was a new showrunner or anything. Right. So that's why I'm right. so confused. I mean, to be fair, we weren't we weren't sort of we weren't articulating or saying who wrote the episodes last season. So I don't know if they brought new writers on, but it just seemed like it was like an on-off switch. They were just able to like switch it on so easily. Yeah, but it really seemed more like there was someone at the head that was just finally paying attention to the big picture. Yeah. So that you wouldn't get Michael having a totally different attitude about Starfleet from one episode to the next. Right. Things like that. So it's just a consistency. Mm. So I don't know what happened. Well, good. I had said, it was pointed out that when season three was airing, um, or getting ready to, that's when the pandemic began. So it obviously put a delay into a lot of things, especially the start of filming. And I remember reading multiple places that they liked that they were getting they were taking advantage of the delay in shoring up scripts and being able to, so they had more time. So I'm like, oh, great. So might have believed that everything before that was a time crunch. I don't know. Now, my hope is, is that that's not, 
the case with just this season. Okay, I know we're not through the pandemic yet. Yeah. And it would fit with our idea that nobody proofreads them, so now they had time to proofread them. It, correct, right. So um I hope that in the hypothetical fifth season we don't see a drop in quality because but again the pandemic isn't over yet but i i don't want to blame the pandemic for a show being good at the same time right so i guess i don't really know what i'm what i'm saying anymore but um <laughs> my point is i hope this level of writing that we've been seeing just continues and gets better i mean as, as i said Big steps. I still think they have more. I still think they have um, some ways to go, but it's a marked improvement, huge improvement from what we saw last season. Absolutely, what we saw last season. Agreed. Totally. Um, do you have any? So at the end of this episode, they did show the trailer for uh, the upcoming second half of the season. Um, it looks to me, I mean, they're going to be... I didn't see it. So, based on what we've seen, I mean, it looks as if the rest of the season is going to be focused on them chasing after Book and... Um, what's his name? The scientist. Tarka. So it looks like they're going to be chasing after Book and Tarka. And... Um, And maybe this is like on the other side of the galaxy because now that they have spore drives, like this, they can just sort of jump anywhere they need to. So, um, you know, maybe we're going to be spending some time away from the Federation. It's just going to be Discovery going after them. Um, it looks like it could be. It looks like it's inter It look. It looks very interesting to me, and um, it looks like we're going to be seeing some very crazy-looking aliens and visiting some very odd alien worlds, unlike yeah. anything we've seen. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I think February 10th, I mean, it's only a couple of uh, weeks away, but I'm looking forward to what they do with the remainder of the season. Months I think, away. I think we have, well, four weeks, a couple of weeks, a few weeks. Um, it's a month where I'm from. It's still a month. I'm just translating it into weeks. <laughs> so, um, you could say it's a minute away. I'll say, well, it's 60 seconds away. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to see how this season wraps. I don't think we know how many episodes there are this season. I, I'm assuming it's not different, much different than the rest, so probably 14, maybe 15. Mm, so. This is a true midway break. Yeah, they okay. seem to be gradually lowering the number of episodes each season by one. But, um, but still more than any other of the shows. It's more than, yeah, the other shows always have 10 but it's definitely more than well. Actually, Prodigy is going to have more than that. I think Prod. I could be wrong. I maybe I maybe misquoting, but I thought I saw that Prodigy was going to have like over twenty episodes. But that makes sense. Yeah. Which, considering how it's being used, makes perfect sense. Yeah. So we'll finish that in about twenty twenty seven. It'll be done airing. <laughs> it's going to be a long wait between episodes on that one. So. No, I mean I think um, that sounds great. Yep. I, that's what I expected it would be. I didn't see the the preview, but that sounds about right. Did you notice also that we had Saru pursuing the Navarre president by giving her a plant? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yes, I think there's I think there's something there. 
There'll be something there. Yeah. yeah. Something been something there for a while. So then, yeah, that's cool. He can, um, you know, everybody's leaving. I don't know what if, if he, he is, but. Well, what if he does, you know? Everyone's getting these options to. I wonder what's gonna. I wonder if the show will just be everybody leaves and then. Well, you just... didn't you you had intimated at some point that it seems like they're being put into these early positions for their eventual for the show's eventual conclusion. Seems like it. Yeah. Everybody's going off on their own. I think it's time. I. I... I come on, it, it's just like I said about your hair once years oh, ago. My God. All right, come on, it's enough. <laughs> <laughs> for the viewers who don't know which is nobody I used to keep my hair short and spiky and I did for a long time and I I, I had said one day that I think I'm done doing this and I'm gonna and he said yeah he's like yeah yeah I think you should it's enough like and I could tell that you had this thought you wanted to say it and we're and just but you didn't want to just say it randomly you wanted you wanted some context you wanted some way of saying it that didn't seem rude so you were just waiting for me to say something I mean, or somebody you know, to say something so you could finally friend. get this thought out of your mind yeah yeah my opinion on your hair doesn't matter but if you bring it up happy to chime Mahaya. in <laughs> um anyway so we'll be back uh when the series returns on february 10th and you know a couple of days after that to discuss the remainder of to begin the discussion of the remainder of season four of Star Trek Discovery. But until then, you can tweet us at Star Trek We Trust, and you can follow us on Instagram at In Star Trek We Trust Podcast. And until then, we'll see you when we see ya. Peace out. Keep looking at the stars. <laughs>